This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, To The Point listeners, it is your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Chris Yano, and I hope that you have had your coffee this morning or this afternoon or evening, whatever time it is, or your iced latte or white chocolate mocha or whatever, because this is going to be a caffeinated episode. That was a lot of puns for this particular episode, but I had to, I had to do it. I couldn't help myself because we have an amazing guest on the show today, and I'm incredibly excited to introduce him to you. But for, before I do that, um, I want to just ask you, have you ever been to a Starbucks? If you haven't heard of Starbucks, um, I don't know what rock you're living under because they are literally everywhere. I mean, so many locations. And our guest was a massive part of, of growth in that. And I love his story. I got to, to listen to a podcast that he had done with a uh, with a, um, um, another a guy that I had met who is a podcaster, Ed Milet. If you haven't listened to his podcast, check it out. It's amazing. He's brilliant. I've gotten to know him a little bit. Uh, amazing human being. Um, but our guest got to uh, have a podcast with him and kind of shared some information from a book he wrote actually a while ago um, that I picked up and it was called It's Not About the Coffee. And I, and I believe it actually came out in late 07. I just got my hands on it and cranked through it like uh, a few a few months ago. Um, anybody, all of our listeners know, like I'm not a big reader, so the book's an easy one. So if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> but I want to go ahead and welcome our guest, Mr. Howard Bihar, the former president of Starbucks International and uh, and board member, which is you're retired. But um, yeah. Howard, welcome to the show. I'm so incredibly excited to have you on here. Chris, glad to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I mean, and author, I should have I should have added that. So I you wrote the the book. Um, it's not about the coffee, which is what I read after I listened to you and Ed on yeah. your podcast that kind of led us to this moment. But you, but you have others, right? Too, or, or at least another. Yeah, I have another called uh, the magic cup. They're, they're completely different. One is, is a parable kind of a story about leadership. And the other one was, it's not about the coffee. It was more my, my life in leadership. I love it. Now you joined. So when you joined Starbucks, you were 44, right? Correct. That's 40, right. 44. And today you're what? 77? 77. I can't believe I'm 77. I mean, what an awesome career. I mean, actually, when I first listened to it, I guess I didn't realize why I hadn't really thought about it, that you started like that late. I'm 42. I can't imagine going down yeah. that path at 44. I was dead broke at 44. <laughs> well, things changed. Yeah, things change. Yeah. <laughs> well, just keep just keep getting up to bat, and you know things happen. I mean, it, the story is incredible, and obviously, I can't cram it all into an hour episode. But we're certainly going to get through some things. And when why this is important, if you're listening right now, because we have, you know, as I was talking to you, Howard, pre podcast, is we have a lot, the majority of our listeners are in the home services industry, whether they're you know HVAC companies or technicians, um, you know, plumbing, electrical, roofing contractors, garage door technicians, owners, private equity players in that space, kind of all these things. But every single person listening to this podcast can be impacted by what you have to share because it is, impacts every business, positively or negatively. Sure. So I'm anxious to get into this little thing called culture. 
And if culture doesn't matter to you, it you better change the thought process on it because if your hope is to scale your business, it's going to be incredibly important to have that on point. And I believe Howard was one of the best to do it across this little bitty company called Starbucks, which I'm excited to get into your story. So if you would, Howard, um, give the listeners just a quick overview of your career because you actually started in like the furniture world. Um, uh, yeah, actually, I started, my dad had a small mom and pop grocery store and, and I then, was, he was 50 when I was born. So I, you know, he retired by the time I was about 12 or 13, but I got to watch him run his little business, you know, have charge accounts, do advertising, hire people, fire people, serve those human beings we call customers. So I grew up in retail and that's right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, um, cause the banana you know, story I remember now. Yeah, but yeah, that's right, the banana store. So <laughs> by the time, you know, I got to Starbucks, I was, you know, I, I turned right instead of turning left. I was, you know, I like to say I was lucky, but I always believe luck is where opportunity meets preparation. Love it. And I certainly prepared prepared for it. I understood multi-unit retail and and I attached immediately to Starbucks. It was I realized early on that it wasn't about coffee, it was about people. And that you know, uh, you, you build a great culture, you build a great, help people grow as human beings first, and then as professionals, and then they grow the business. You know, it's pretty much that simple. It's that equation, grow the people, the people grow the organization, the organization grows the business. And that's what happened at Starbucks, because we focused, we focused on the people, because the people, after all, they, they roast the coffee, they brew the coffee, they do everything. Coffee doesn't do anything on its own. Yeah. And, and, and Starbucks didn't even start out as retail, right? It was like, a, it was for the coffee beans. Is that right? Yeah. We didn't start as a beverage. No, in the beverage business, we, we were in re, mostly retail. We sold beans, we sold spices, we sold tea, we sold the brewing equipment, never sold a cup of coffee till 1987. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, and that's actually an important piece I want to hit on as we get into it. Um, kind of how that, how that transition happened and how some of the things were added, um, to like Starbucks to the Starbucks offering. Um, but before I get into it too, culture, you know, being the, the topic of this particular episode is incredibly important to, you know, a successful business. And, um, I think you learned some, like you learned, uh, I brought up the banana story a minute ago. Um, I want you to share the banana story because I think that there's so much impact in that. Um, in that lesson. And you were young too, I think when yeah, that happened. I was about nine years old. My dad, like I said, had this small, small mom and pop grocery store. And one day I was up at the counter while he was ringing up a customer. This is on, this is the old days when a cash register had a hand crank. Ten, ten buttons across the top, 10 buttons down, you know, and you punch the buttons in, pull the handle, right. And a little tape would come out and he had charge accounts at the time, you know, and he'd take that slip put it in the book with the customer's name on it. At the end of the month, he'd bill them. So anyway, I was standing up there. My dad was ringing up the customer and he asked me, he said, Howard, go get me some bananas, will you please? And so I went in the back and I brought him back. I don't remember how many, six or eight bananas. And he took the bananas and he put them in the, in the customer's bag and the customer walked out the door. Well, I was old enough to realize that he hadn't rung those bananas up because I hadn't heard the bing, you know? And so I said, dad, you forgot to ring the bananas up. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, Howard, not everything we do in life do we need to get paid for. I happen to know that these people love fresh fruit and they're having tough times right now and they can't afford the fresh fruit. So, you know, they're not just our customers, they're our friends and our neighbors. And it's just my way of helping them out a little bit. 
Now, at the time, you know, nine years old, you know, I, I didn't really think about it that much, but it, it struck me and it stayed with me. And, and, you know, I remembered that story as I got older and I started to work. Not everything you need, you do in life, you need to get paid for. And he was so right. And I, I took that with me because when you're of service to other human beings, you don't need to be paid for everything you do. And so it served me well throughout my own career. As a matter of fact, before I came to Starbucks, I, I, Howard Schultz, who was in a, it was CEO, and we went through a dance for about a year, and I didn't really want to join Starbucks. I was looking for my own business. Anyway, we finally met up again, and I said to Howard, I said, before you extend an invitation for me to join Starbucks, or I agree to join, can I work in the company for a week? I said, I want to, I'll do it for free. I said, you know, I'll tell you, this is what I want to do. I want to work on the stores for a few days. I want to work in the trucks for a few days. And I want to work in the roasting plant for a few days. And so I did that. And after, fortunately, after that week was over, I, I was committed and he extended an invitation for me to join. But, you know, it, I never felt that it was for free. I, I was getting something for, from it, right? I was learning about Starbucks. So I was getting an, an education. He didn't have to pay me, but on the other hand, you know, I, I got to do it. Yeah. You got to date a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I've kept that with me my whole life. This, that idea that, you know, we get caught up in, in thinking that we got to be paid for everything we do. And I don't mean just economic pay. I mean, emotional pay. I mean, whatever exactly. the pay is, you think you got to be rewarded. You got to be recognized. Right. Yep. And you do things because you want to do them no matter what happens. Whether you get money in your pocket or somebody says at a boy or at a girl, you don't, you don't do it for those reasons. Yeah. So. And, and so I uh, thanks for sharing that story. Um, I, I mean, it stuck with me and I mm -hmm. heard it and, and I kind of imagine, you know, my son who's um, 10, you know, and kind of how inquisitive he is too. And I can see how that he might, you know, like that, that might stick. Um, but here's what I think is, is so impactful about that is when we have a business we do need to make money. You're not saying don't make money. It's just, it's oh. not all about that. It is yeah. a relationship is as important. Like you're creating a, a relationship and an experience. And so I'll bet you, I'll bet you that that customer, what's your, what was your, what's your father's name, Howard? Albert. So I bet you um, Albert had them as a customer for years. Forever. Of course. Us customers forever because they were his friends and his neighbors. Right? Yep. They weren't his customers. They were human beings that he was serving. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's how it works. You know, I don't care what business you're in or I don't care what you do, whether you're a teacher or you're in a business. Right. It's always about serving human beings and the great plumbers, the great electricians. Right. And the great roofers are the ones that know that they're there to serve other people. And they do, they do a fantastic job of it. And then those people tell somebody else, tell somebody else, tell somebody else. Before you know, you got more business you can handle. But if you approach it only for making money, that never happens. Yeah, right. Can't, can't be just transactional. Money to survive. But look, we understand that you got to pay for your food, you got to pay for the roof over your head, you know, you got to help your kid, whatever it is, happens to be. But if that's the driving force, it doesn't work. Yeah, so it can't just be transactional. It has to be so no. much more than that. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, I had a, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, because I don't know if I actually stole this from somebody or borrowed it or I come up with it myself, but I'm going to own it for now because I've said it at least a dozen times. But um, I'm a big believer in reputation over revenue. And I say that because um, it's been, you know, I've, I've only been in business since 2008. That's 14 years, which seems like a long time. But the, 
and I probably could have grown the company faster, faster, Howard, but, um, I tried to do it in a way where I was really thoughtful on trying to make meaningful relationships with my customers. So there was less of them, um, to, to maintain a reputation because when you only do do digital marketing in one niche, HVAC or plumbing, um, you kind of got to get it right because if you get too many black eyes, guess what? You don't do business in HVAC yeah, or plumbing again. Right. So a lot of times too, it's that relationship that allows us to have, you know, a single digit percentage of turnover in this. Like we have a really yeah. great retention rate and, but I took my time with it and I was willing to build relationships. Now, as it's scaled and gotten bigger, I need, I have to have help, you know, and yeah. multiple people. But yeah. uh, so I understand. And I think, again, this is why I resonated so, so much with your episode is there was just so many relatable things that I, that almost kind of gave me affirmation on, on like, Hey, I've done some of these things, right. You know, cause I'm kind of you know, learning it along the way too, of what I'm yeah. doing. Um, something else that you, I'm going to pivot for just a second. Something else that I think is, um, that is really great that you do that I want our listeners to hear and just consider doing is something I also kind of do not quite like you do it. Um, but you have, um, you do affirmations every day and you have for like 50 some odd years or whatever it's been Right. every yeah. day. Do you miss a day? No. It's like in your autopilot. It's in my autopilot. Why is that so important to you? Uh, because it keeps me on track. It keeps me where I want to go. And, you know, I'm just like every human being. I struggle with myself. You know, and so I have two two very important affirmations. The first one is I love myself unconditionally. You know, and the second one is I am enough, I have enough, I do enough. And those two have stayed with me forever. You'd say, well, Howard, why do you have to keep repeating the same things over and over again? Because we're incredibly fragile. Human beings are incredibly fragile. You know, uh, if something goes wrong, something goes right, we forget who we are, you know. Uh, and so I try to remind myself every day that I'm okay. But every day is a new opportunity. Yeah. Every day is a new opportunity. And so, you know, I just keep going with it. You know, I've had other affirmations along the way, plenty, many, many, many. And, you know, it's you, you know, somebody, you could, it takes 21 days to change a habit. Right. And one of the quickest way to change a habit is to do affirmations in the affirmative around it. So you see the affirmation, not as someday I'll have X. It's I am, I have, right? You see it in a completed sense and hopefully in technicolor, right? Because it's, it, and so after a while, your brain begins to assume you have it and you are. So you're you talking, have, yeah. but, but that doesn't make any difference. And all of a sudden it becomes real and it becomes actualized and it just works. You know, it's like, you know, if you're a religious person, it's like prayer. Say yeah. the same prayers over and over again. Why do you go to church every Sunday? Say the same prayer over and over. <laughs> really? You'd think there'd be a new prayer. one. No, <laughs> it's the same. Why is it? Those are affirmations. So I, you mentioned that that's what I do. Um, so I have this, um, I kind of have my autopilot set on, um, you know, as I'm driving into the office, I have about a 15 minute gap where I am. I do. I mean, everybody listening to me knows I do pray and I pray, I prayed for you, Howard. I pray for this podcast, the listeners to be able to pull like the right content from this to apply to their yeah. business and make them successful. 
my family, my employees, my customers, myself. Um, and, and that's just, and it's the same thing. And there is for sure times when I feel like I always finish my prayer with the same thing. And I have since the last 12 years, same thing every Mm -hmm. single time. And I'll bet you there's plenty of times where I'm like, depending on the day or what just happened that that actual, um, that actual verse has multiple meanings to it. So, but it's something I've done every single day because it's it's my autopilot. But I know that's my routine. It kind of kicks me off on the right start. So I don't do business until I have that done. So if I'm like eager to get something done at the office and I woke up thinking about it, I can't do that until I've gotten that prayer in. Well, yeah, there that's you kinda, go. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's where we got set. So this is a great lead into uh, something I think believe is really important to you, and that's servant leadership. Yes. Um, and I learned this from a a uh, fantastic individual um, at the company I was at prior to this company was a really great leader and taught me about servant leadership because I really had no idea what it actually meant. Um, And then I, I, I was able to pick up on what I loved about him and how he treated me aside from the actual business, go figure the relationship side of it. So I was able to learn, um, you know, servant leadership and uh, at, at your core, that is what you are about. But I would love for you to share with our listeners who are probably wondering, you've heard the term kind of maybe thrown around a little bit, servant leadership. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it actually has a definition and like, and I yeah. would love for you to share like what you let our listeners know, what does it actually mean to be a servant leader? Well, at its, at its core, right. It's simplest core is this, that as leaders, your primary responsibility is to help your people grow as human beings to become better professionals and to help them achieve their goals and their lives, right? And so you serve them in their journey. And if you do that well, then most likely they're gonna wanna help you achieve your goals and achieve the organization's goals. See, most leaders think about they're there to be served, but it's the opposite. As a leader, you're there to serve. Not only, and you start with the people that report to you, that you start with your organization. And, And then those people in turn serve the, the people that come into your business or, or your organization, we, we call customers, right? Sure. Or clients, whatever you want to call. So you, you start with serving your people and then they in turn want to serve your organization itself. And there's no way around that. There's yeah. just no way around that. If you want a healthy organization, you know, I always say at Starbucks, I used to say that we're not in the coffee business serving people, but we're in the people business serving coffee. And it's the same with plumbing. You're not in the plumbing business. You're in the people business. And, and plumbing, fixing plumbing is what you do, but, but it's not who you are. Who you are is a server of people. And, and that's, what, that's what servant leadership at its base is all about. And it works. You know, it's, it's, you know it, it keeps organizations healthy. It builds a positive culture. It builds a culture of caring. And that doesn't mean everybody agrees with you all the time right. or that things always go right all the time. They don't. Right. But, but it's the, it's really the best way, you know, to make something work. And so part of this, well, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, part of this thing is too, uh, is and something I've, I've really had to practice is um, being a good listener, like too, and, and not listening to respond, but listening to hear and understand is a big, is a big difference. I was always trying to listen and get my response out there. So I wasn't really listening, you know? 
And now, yeah. and I had to, I've, I've really had to work on that. Like, and I've openly had to work on those things. And it's not that my intent is any different. I am trying no. to solve the problem. It's just, yeah. I'm not listening to it. The whole yeah, thing. Well, so. And men want to solve problems. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes is it goes like this. It's a two word quote, compassionate emptiness, compassionate emptiness. And what it means is this full of compassion, but empty of solutions. Empty of solutions. <laughs> the longest time. You know, my wife would come home from her work and she was an oncology social worker. So dealing with people who are dying of cancer. Oh, family. yeah. And she'd want to talk about her day and her problems. And I had immediately go into solution mode. Well, have you tried this? Did you do that? She wasn't what she wanted. She wanted me to listen. It's the same with our kids. They want <laughs> us to listen. And it's the same with the people that we work with. They want us to listen, not just with our ears, but they want us to listen with our eyes and with those little antenna we have buried in our head that tune us into other human beings. And, you know, that's what you talk about culture. That's one of the quickest ways to be a, to build a positive culture is be a fantastic listener. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, so um, you, I, so I have four kids, okay? And my uh, oldest, is uh, she's 21. Um, my, my next oldest is 15, girl, you know, She's at that really fun age that doesn't really want to hang out with dad or talk to dad too yeah. much. <laughs> no, no. Um, and she certainly doesn't want to listen to me. Um, but uh, I have I was having a conversation with her last night. She plays soccer, and um, and she's talking to me about like the game. And I immediately want to having played. Uh, yeah. She's a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and I was a forward, so I'm a scorer. She's a blocker, right? So I'm yeah, like, right. and she's like, dad. I'm just telling you about this. I don't need your input on this. Well, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, be helpful and say, hey, yeah. you know what? Instead of, you know, making the dive to, to the, you should have waited a second and then made the, she's like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm like, ah, oh, there I go again. I'm trying to solve yeah. it. Well, there it is. That You hit it right on the head right there. She just wanted you to listen. Yeah. You know, I wanted to say, hey, that's fantastic. What, what, you know, that's, that's good. What else are you doing? You know? <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's, uh, and again, the intent is good. I think this happens yeah. with, with most everyone. You want to help. Trying to be helpful. But, but before you go to help, ask if the person needs to be helped. Yeah, that's great. That's you know, right. are you first an opinion here on something or just, did you just want me to listen? Okay. Yeah. Just be forthcoming. Ask that question. Hey, am <laughs> I, um, so we talk about listening um, and I, another thing that I, I remember listening to in your, in that podcast with Ed again, was you talking about how Starbucks had listened to its own employees sure. and, and feedback from those employees and suggestions from the employees and the broom story kind of thing the, you know, yeah. from the story. And so listening to your, um, employees and kind of giving them that, um, freedom and vulnerability to share their thoughts, ideas is also extremely important. And a lot of great ideas came that have helped, you know, continuously develop Starbucks into what it is today. Absolutely. 
That's what makes them. That's what made it work. I mean, you know, you can't do everything that everybody right. mentions to you. I'm not pleading for anarchy, but but I always believe the person who sweeps the floor should choose the broom. That means you go and you hire great people, and their job is to have clean floors. And you give them the broom, and you say, "Try this broom. If you don't like it, here's five others you can choose. Choose whatever broom you like." And that person uses all five brooms and is on the internet one night. He comes into your office and says, "Howard." I think I can increase floor sweeping productivity by 10%. Most bosses would say, what are you talking about? Just use the broom I gave you. But no, listen to the person, right? And they who knows more about sweeping floors than the person that's doing the work? And that's the same across the whole organization, the whole business. Again, I'm not pleading for anarchy. I'm just saying, listen, and you never know when a great idea is going to come. That's how Frappuccino was developed by a district manager, you know, whose broom was to, her job was to grow the business. And, and she figured out this product, Frappuccino. And it took us a while to get it in, but it turned into a $4 billion business, all because <laughs> one district manager at Starbucks, Dina Campion was her name, is her name. Wow. So, so you listen and next thing you know, hey, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Well, you know, not all ideas going to be a $4 billion idea. Right. <laughs> this just happened to be one. But but most of them are little small things. Sometimes it is just a broom, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's really not even, I mean, it's really not even about the broom. No, no, it is not. <laughs> That's just the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's the tool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in the, in the book, again, it's not about the coffee you had, um, you wrote about the one hat, right? you know, and, um, and you, and like living with one hat um, and, Thankfully, when you have ADHD, it's a little easier to live with one hat yeah. because yeah. we're kind of wired that way. But but explain to our listeners what you what we're talking about when we say one like one hat. Yeah, well, you know, many of us say we we have to wear multiple, multiple hats: the, the hat of the dad, the hat hat of the of the worker, hat hat of a soccer player, hat of a child or a son or a daughter. I'm not talking about the hats that and the roles that we play. I'm talking about the hat that we wear that defines us as a human being. It, it's what our values are, how those values turn into our decisions and the actions we make in our life, what our mission is in life. It's the hat we put on the morning and we leave it on all day long, no matter where we are. If, we're, if, if we wake up in the morning, we look across the bed and say, oh, oh I better put on my spouse hat. You might evaluate if you're with the right person. If you go to work at a Starbucks and you say, oh, I better put on my Starbucks hat, you better evaluate if you're working for the right company because human beings need to be who they are no matter where they are. And that is that when you do that, you can have a fulfilling life. And but when you got when you start to change yourself, no matter where you are, what the situation is, who you're in contact with, then you're never a whole person. So you're you, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What was that part? Your bits and pieces, you know, you try, you're different wherever you are and, and it doesn't work. So you kind of have to, uh, I mean, you, you, and you have to be able to be that person in the environment that allows you to be that person. Yeah. You had yeah. said, and I actually rewind and listened to it a few times because it caught me off guard and it was really funny, but you had said, um, if you're an asshole, go work for a company full of yeah. assholes, but be honest yeah. about who you are. Yeah, I said, be who you are. If you are one, then go be with a bunch of other ones. You're going to be a lot happier, and everybody knows who you are, and you know who they are. 
right? That's not my style, right. but that's where I want to be. But but some people may want to do that. I'm not here to judge what right. people do. Just don't come and try to do business with me, okay? That's I thought that was a pretty funny statement, but it's so true. I get it. It makes sense. You know, yeah. kind of run with your crowd that allows you to be who you are. If you're an asshole and go work with a bunch of assholes, if you're, you know, a servant leader, go be with a bunch of other servant leaders or whatever, like, you know, to each their own. Um, yeah. So another thing too, I want to bring up, and, and again, the majority of my references are coming from the book because I'm coming off of reading it and taking a ton of notes and I'll have, you know, um, I don't know how much of a reader you are, Howard, but um, I struggle with it because of, um, if you don't, when I say I have ADHD, like I'm not medicated for it, but it certainly yeah. is, is, um, it's, it's, it's a task to stay on, yeah. on, on track. I can't multitask like others. If you can legit multitask, I can't do those things. I have to compartmentalize. Yeah. Um, I do the same. It's, it's more male oriented than it is female. Females <laughs> are multitasking. Well, I, I, uh, have to yeah. like, I can't, yeah, me either. I mean, not effectively anyhow. Um, no. so I try to like compartmentalize my day to focus on one thing at a time. Um, and part of this in the book was, um, I think it, again, another, I kind of shared with you my, my history of, of me personally, you know, and kind of my journey, you know, through sports and all the different things I've done and into the business and that I do a lot of things. I have done a lot of things on my own cause I can control my own output. My wrestling coach taught me way back in the day, one of the most valuable lessons. And you said it earlier was that, um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I always, that's always stuck with me when he said that. And so my brain was always on, if I outwork whoever I'm about to wrestle next, I should win. If I right. outwork them and I have, I could continue to work on my skill, I should win. And um, so I never for a second would think about my competitors in the way of thinking like, oh man, I'm afraid to go and like compete against this guy. Or if I get in the race car, oh my gosh, this guy's faster than me. Um, I can't beat him or in business. Like, I don't worry about my competitors. I noticed in the book, there is no mention of your competitors in that book. Yeah. Why? Because we can only compete against ourselves. We compete against our personal best, whatever that is. You know, that doesn't mean you don't pay attention to what's going on. You learn, you can learn from others. You can learn from your competitors, but you can't be focused on them and you can't be fearful of them. Uh, you know, I paid attention. It wasn't like I didn't pay attention, right. but but it wasn't not where I not where I focused on. I focused on our people and growing our people and and having our people grow the organization and so doing they grew the business. And if I did, I thought if I did that well, everything else would take care of itself. You know, no matter I couldn't, no matter what I did, I can't affect what a competitor does. Right. I can only affect what we do. Yeah. I mean. So why waste time on something you have zero control over? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to our people and talking to the, our customers, those human beings we serve, you know, uh, and that I get, that's where I got my information from. And if I did that enough, I was not the, you know, I, Howard Schultz was a, a lot, what I'd call a lot more creative than I was. You know, he, he never saw an idea didn't like, you know, I, I, I was an alchemist, you know, I took, what people said and what other th things were going on. I put it together and, and helped it to come out into good hamburger, you know, yep. it came out together, you know, you put it all together and it comes out and uh, that's what I did. And I was good at that. And that was your hat. Yeah, it was my hat. I see, I see connections. I make connections where other people don't see them. And that's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It was a gift.
It was a gift. I have no idea where it came from. <laughs> it was a gift. Wasn't from Al- Albert? Was that your dad's name? Yeah, maybe from Albert. <laughs> you know, well, well, lot, you... we don't recognize where a lot of our stuff comes from, but family of origin is very important. But so are people we work with, our mentors. You know, so even our children teach us. You know. Yep. Um, boy, they teach a lot of lessons that you do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Thanks to learn. Yeah. Um, teach me a lot about gratitude, um, a lot yeah. about patience. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to make another quick uh, shift. And, um, you know, I think that during the whole COVID period, um, I'm always trying to find silver lining. And, yeah. and that silver lining I found in COVID was was – twofold and I'll share those with you before I lead into my next question. And it was for a guy who's on the go constantly like me, um, traveling from place to place, doing different speaking uh, engagements and things like that. It's really difficult being away from my family. I've tried to make it, I've tried to really make sure that I'll take a red eye home to go catch a game yeah. to then fly back out the next day to, to be yeah. in a, you know, yeah. a, an event. Yeah. I have to be at, um, so I've kind of grown through this process of making sure I've got good you know, time management. Yeah. Um, but there were certainly tough times I went through in building this business. Like I did learn the business by being in it. Yeah. Um, and no matter what the size of the company, there's always going to be a hurdle, a, a bump on the road, a, you know, something, that, a wrong decision that you made. Um, this is going to happen. It will continue to happen. I just had a gentleman that I recorded on a podcast who's, the largest um, single market, like residential heating and air conditioning company, roughly 210 million, I think it is. And he said, still make problems. They're just at a different, like they're just a different scale of a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So I listened to part of the podcast and you were talking about a little mistake you made when you were on vacation, you had to come back early. You made more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now was- I just want our listeners to hear, even Howard made some big time mistakes. But oh, how you? Yeah, I, I, you know, I was trying to get our wages up. And so we did all the, the modeling and everything, what it was going to cost. And we made all our pricing adjustments and everything. And, and so we implement it and, and we were going to about to get our first PL with the new wage structure in place. And all of a sudden I get this call from Howard Schultz. What the hell happened? <laughs> right. And our, the cost was double what we thought it was going to be. And so Oops. I immediately went home trying to figure out what had happened. And we just made a mistake in our modeling. And so I had to make adjustments and I had to do it, but we weren't going back on our commitment. You know, we stayed with our commitment to the people and we figured out how to handle it. And, you know, that's what we did. And so, you know, we're all, you're always making mistakes. I mean, how many products did we put out there that didn't work? We invested millions of dollars and didn't work. I mean, but we had, we had enough successes that way more than paid for the losses. And, and that's it. You know, I always believe you you got to be willing to try anything as long as it isn't illegal, immoral, unethical, or you don't poison anybody in our business. You're- <laughs> yeah, that's got to be, that's got to be a, uh, yeah, a, a hard no to the poisoning of the <laughs> customers. Yeah, yeah, poisoning doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. And what you were trying to do, right, was um, you're trying to be like really competitive with wages for encouragement on yeah. recruitment and like, um, yeah. 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 I had, it's funny, you know, that I'm here on the show because I had somebody that called me from the Ed Millett show. Right. And he, he was in the uh, plumbing contracting business back East and he wanted to talk about 
he he had people that worked in the company that weren't as productive, but they were in uh, uh, training mode, right, or edu- development mode. Yep. And he said, "I don't know how to pay for it." I said, "I said, well, take a look at your pricing structure. You got to be able to pay for the things that you know that cost you money, and you want to have people like that in your organization." So take a look and see if there isn't some isn't some aren't some nickels and dimes in there that you can that you can. Uh, Deal, raise your prices by, and he called me back. He said it worked. Can't be afraid of trying things. You know, you got to be, particularly if there's something you know is the right thing to do. Don't be afraid. Right, and and I and what I was going into with talking about the COVID phase was that I think that actually put some people in a position who were afraid to make decisions and try something yeah. new. It kind of put your back against the wall, and you had to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and and I saw a lot of good come from that. Um, and in another thing from that, and, and particularly in our, in our world is that, uh, the heating and air conditioning business, the plumbers, the electricians were deemed national, like an essential business. That's exactly what it is. Cause it's not like it's a glorified industry where you're in high school saying, man, I can't wait to be a, you know, a plumber. I can't wait to be, but it's so incredibly important. Think about it. It gets cold up there. If it's cold, you need that furnace to work. I'm in Palm Springs. It gets hot. Yeah. You know, you know, those, you know, whenever I hear you say that, you know, well, it's, you know, not everybody wakes up thinking to be a plumber. You know, people miss that. You know, the skills are so important. And today the wages are great. Absolutely. Right? And there's high demand. And that's not demand is not going away. No. No. It's not going away. So, you know, I encourage young people that I meet along the way, you know, go look at being an electrician, a plumber. They're wonderful jobs and and you can work for some great companies with great people and you can have a lot of fun and it's interesting work. You're solving problems every day. Absolutely. And uh great blue collar businesses. I love, I love that I'm in this world. It's, it's super rewarding and a lot of phenomenal human beings, a lot of listening to this, this show. So it's a blessing for me to be a part of it. Why don't we call it blue collar? Uh, I don't necessarily know. That's a really great question. I hope you have an answer. I mean, what does that mean? Anyway, I don't know. They're businesses and it, it's, you know, the work that I did wasn't any different than a plumber's work. I was solving problems. I would just happen to be solving people problems most of the time, you know, and, you know, but it's the same thing. I wonder why it's picked, why they picked blue. I've never sat and thought about white collar versus blue collar. White collar seems to make sense to me, but blue collar, I mean, that, I mean, I guess ironically, Howard, you have a blue collar on at the moment. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm but a I- blue collar guy. <laughs> I pick it. Look at my best, my best skill is picking up cigarette butts outside the stores. <laughs> You've perfected it. I perfected it. <laughs> He's a professional cigarette butt picker upper. You don't see a whole lot of that anymore, man. Like that's kind of a little bit different. Just it, it You got to bend over, man. You got to be willing to bend over and pick up the garbage and put it in the waste can in all parts of our lives. I love that. Um, humble. Being humble, staying humble, doing what you have to do. Um, I, 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 I say that um, when I was kind of referencing the COVID thing and like you just threw me for a loop on white collar versus blue collar, like now that part's stuck in my head. I need to research where blue collar <laughs> came from. <laughs> But um, the point I was getting to with that is there was a lot of a lot of good to, that has come from the COVID situation too, yeah. um, especially for our listeners um, because we we had a lot of very successful businesses. The um, the private equity space got really busy, really yeah. busy over the last few years in the home services space. 
Um, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I've been involved with a lot of this stuff. Um, and, um, and I'm glad that I can connect dots with those who are interested in, in a potential partnership. And, and so I've been blessed to have a lot of relationships in this space for quite some time. And Howard, I believe that the reason I've developed those things is not just from, from the company and me, um, being around in this business so long and having been across the United States and, and Canada doing the same thing, but people believe, you know, they rely on me for, you know, to follow, to look at, you know, to be forward thinking in technology yeah. or because I do have a really good reputation and I have a lot of great relationships and people trust me. You know, I'm going yeah. to give my honest opinion of everything. And, and I've always been, I guess, authentically myself. So, and, and because sure. I've not tried to fake who I, who I am not, um, I have a trust and, and I'm yeah. grateful that I have those things to be able to share stuff exactly like you and I are doing all these years later, 14 years later to be able to share, you know, Hey, now your skill set, I can bring that in. Like, it's kind of neat to look at, like to take a step back, which by the way yeah. is important to do to take a step back and reflect okay. and just kind of see where this thing is, has gone. And I think that, um, for, I'm giving a, a, a couple of keynotes this year, um, on what I call, um, my six P's. Now this is going to be interesting because you know where I'm going with this. Um, and it's my six P's of marketing, um, is how I use it. The, my, but mine are a little bit different than yours. Um, I would love you to, and I'll actually for the listeners, I'll share what my six P's are. And then I'm going to have shower, uh, Howard share his six P's that he lives his life by. So here's my six P's, Howard. You ready? Cause remember I'm a marketing guy. So I'm, I'm always, I'm always like, I'm in the psychology of trying to figure out how to get the consumer to take action with an yeah. HVAC or plumber. So mine are when you go online to search for something and they get to your website, do not make the homeowner guess your P, your product, what you do. Uh, so if your name is mechanical and, but you do air conditioning and heating, make sure you make it easy. For they, they know that you can do air conditioning and heating. Uh, the place you do it, that's the other P. So where do you service heating and air conditioning or plumbing? Um, price, if you if you care to share price, price or promotion. Promotion can be financing or it's just um, a product or whatever it is. Um, the number five P is personality. Don't be afraid to give your business a personality. And I believe COVID pushed people to, to do that, to yeah. kind of think outside the box. Yeah. Um, Howard, do you remember, oh, you're, I hope you remember this commercial. I don't know how you can, cause it was a, a, ph a phenomenal success for Kmart. Kmart was getting whooped up on by, by Walmart and they had to come up with like something different. And, and they went to the shipping pattern like that we were going to ship our stuff our shipping plan was a, kind of their goal so they created a commercial that was ship your pants yeah right and it was amazingly successful ship your pants and it was like super edgy because this was like 90s yeah i mean and it was and so i love being able to share that one but they gave their business a personality and it worked yeah and the last yeah. one is my six piece is people if you work with them with a uh, any people or whatever, you have to invest in those people. If your your customers are people, you have to understand how your customer thinks so you can solve answer their objections before they even have to talk to you. Like that's kind of the world I live in. But those are my six P's in the world I live in from the business perspective. But behind that is six P's like yours. Will you share with the listeners what your six P's are that you live by? The first P is purpose. Everything I do in life has to have a purpose greater than myself. It's always about serving other human beings. And the second P is passion. If you have a purpose greater than yourself, 
then you darn well better be passionate about him. Scream it from the highest mountaintops. Let everybody know what you're doing. Get the, all your energy behind it. You wake up in the morning, it's all you can think about. You go to bed, all you can think about. The third P is persistence. In the rivers of our lives, those rivers we float down as we're living, you know, there are rocks. Sometimes a rock is above the surface and we see it there and we hit it anyway. Sometimes a rock is below the surface. We don't even know it's there and we smack right into it. Some rocks we put there ourselves, but we have to learn to get over, around, through, or under those rocks because there's always going to be a rock in our, in our river. And so persistence pays. Every entrepreneur I've ever known, I could describe them in one word, persistence. It's <laughs> good. The, the, the fourth P is patience. Now, you'd say patience is the opposite of persistence, but it's not. You need to be patiently persistent. Not everything comes in the time frame that you want it to come. And so sometimes you got to stay with it longer than you think you should have had, had to. But patience pays in life. I just always tell my kids, patience pays. It doesn't mean you're not working hard at it. Doesn't mean you're not trying to move it forward all the time, but sometimes you have to have the patience to let it come to you. Then the, then the fifth P is performance. Fact are, we get measured every day. Right. I, you know, you're married, you know, your wife measures you every day. Every day. Right? Every single day. You know, she may not give you your performance review every day, <laughs> but she's measuring you. Someday right? she someday she's better at it than others. Yeah. And <laughs> measuring her and your kids are measuring. Performance counts. In your in your work life, the people that you work with are measuring you. Your commitments are your commitments. Performance matters in this life. When you commit to have a monogamous relationship, that's performance. You know, if you don't want to do that, don't be married, right? Or have some other arrangement. But performance matters. And that's the key to life is turning in the performance doing what you commit to doing. And the most important person you need to perform for is yourself. Before you go to bed every night, you need to look in the mirror and say to yourself, how did I do today? How did I do today? And then the sixth P is just like yours as people. There's nothing that we will do in life, no job we'll ever have that isn't about serving another human being. Whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, whether you're a podcaster, whether you're a plumber, whether you're an electrician, whether you're a barista, it's always about it's always about serving another human being. Even the even the uh, widget maker, the widget maker makes a widget that goes into a printing press that gets sold to a publishing company that publishes a magazine or a newspaper that gets delivered to somebody's house to inform or entertain them. The widget maker purpose is greater than making a widget, right? Is to help inform or entertain people. And as we have such a difficult time sometimes making the connection between who we are, what we do, and our greater purpose in life. And when we have that greater purpose and we attach to it, you, you never get, you never burn out. You may get tired, right? Everybody gets tired, but you'll never burn out because you'll always know you're about serving another human being. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. So really the foundation of all that is the purpose. That's why it's number one. Yeah, right. Yeah, found, foundation is purpose, greater than yourself. So, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that too. Um, I think purpose is um, is almost like saying you've heard the. I, th I don't know if you ever heard this, but like, you know, what's your why? Um, your why is your purpose, and it has to be more than transactional. Yeah. It has to be more than money. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, exactly. Because when you hit that, I mean, you if you hit if you have a, a certain like revenue goal or something in mind, you hit that. Well, now what? Like you now what? What's now? What's the purpose? Is it to do yeah. it again and again? I think you need to make the 
your purpose needs to be um, more fulfilling, personal fulfilling versus, um, and I'm not saying it's, it's right or wrong to have like a a revenue goal. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. Have it. Look at, have a plan. And, And underneath that plan, you have goals. I'm talking about the how and the why you do things. Right. Right. The how and the, the why and the how you do things. You do, you how is about your values, about living up to your values. You don't cheat, you know, you build trust. You don't lie, you know, you serve a, it's, it's, you care about people. You love your people, you know, and that's, that's a difference than I'm going to do $30 million next year in right. revenue. Right. Yep. That's cool. That's great. But would you cheat to do that 30 million? Would you lie to do that 30 million? What's more important to you? That's good. So what I hear you saying, if I can wrap that thing up, is um, how much money you make is not as important as how you make your money. Absolutely. Got it. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that care more just about the money don't really care about the how, you know, I mean, yeah. Wells Fargo, uh, 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 Uber, the guy that was running Uber, right. Uh, uh the, uh, um, well, on, you can go on and on and on yeah. and on, uh, uh, Volkswagen with the cheating on the yep. emission. That's right. I mean, right. I mean, you know, is that really who you are? How do people get down that pathway? Because they're not measuring what they're doing against their values. When I say, how did you do today? It isn't how much revenue you turn and that can be part of it, but it's how you produce that revenue, how you did things today. Did you live up to your values? Did you live up to your personal mission statement? Did you live up to your six piece? Yeah, this is good. I mean, how many times have, I mean, I'm assuming you did some, you did leadership training within Starbucks. Is that, Oh yeah. We don't call it training because I think you train pets and you educate and develop human beings, but, but, um, but we educate and develop our people about leadership and, and we focused on, on personal, on relationships, how to build productive relationships between people, because at the end of the day, that's what makes it work. That's what builds culture. So, well, thank you. So you did, so you educate, you said you don't train, you educate you train pets, you educate and develop human beings. Got it. So have you heard, you know who Michael E. Gerber is, wrote the E-Myth? You ever heard that yes. name before? <clears throat> yes. So this reminds me of, and those that are listening, who've listened to the episode with Michael E. Gerber, he was sitting in the chair I'm sitting in now and we were doing a podcast. Um, I made the mistake on a podcast with him, and he's very forward, by the way, um, yeah. of saying tips and tricks. Um, I said, he's going to share with you some tips and tricks. And then he let me finish my sentence. And then he said, no, um, people who say tips and tricks are idiots or something along those lines, like right to my face. And he said, you're not sharing tips and tricks. You're not a dog. Like he's all, you know, so he called me out on air. I have a, uh, another guest that was in the studio too. And he kind of called me out 
not you were actually super kind about how making me you know, from training is more what you do with dogs. You said it in the play way. He just hammered me with it, but it actually yeah. was, it's actually a really good thing to think about. Like, yeah. You know, to, instead of saying training, you'd change that verbiage to, you know, edge. So I get it. And thank you for sharing that. It's something I yeah. will take away forever yeah. from, I'm actually going to try and I have a big event that starts today here in Phoenix. It's Rhino X. It's our big personal conference that we put on a private conference that we put on. Uh, for 50 people, super like invite only. I'm going to yeah. figure out how to work that into my presentation tomorrow <laughs> to make that change. Well, you think about it when you educate somebody, you're not just telling them the what, you're telling them the why. why. Right. People people remember the why a lot more than they remember the what. Absolutely. And so that's what it's about. When you train people, you're just telling them the what. Yeah. Well, thank you for that little lesson you just gave me. I appreciate that. I want to, I want to finish with this. And again, I appreciate you giving us so much time, you know, um, you know, taking an hour time and I'm respectful of everyone's time. If anything, I've learned how valuable it is and to not take it for granted. Um, so, so I'm grateful that you, that you've taken time with me and, and lots of others just trying to kind of share these things because this is your, why this is your purpose and your passion is this servanthood mentality of helping others, um, genuinely helping others. So, so thank you for that. Um, and, and for giving it to our, to our listeners, um, if you can give, I'm going to finish with this. If you could give a piece of advice to anyone trying to grow their company, a lot of times I think that you'll have may have like, I'm assuming you'll agree with this. We look for excuses to not do something versus to do it. Um, especially if it seems a little difficult. Um, and a lot of times those things are financial. Um, I can't do this because it will cost me X and they've not thought through it far enough to understand the value of that expense. Right. But what would be a good piece of advice that you can give to someone? And actually this podcast is packed full of them, but what's a good piece you could give you could advice you could give to somebody who might be struggling in the business or is just trying to get it started or it was whatever phase of their business and has a roadblock that they can do that costs them nothing sweat equity so i got it so there's no excuse i got it okay there's a couple things here so number one write down what your eight to ten core values are and define those core values and then how those values will inform and help you make decisions in your life you can go online and you can get a, a list of 300 words to represent human values go down there get it down to 50 and then you'll get it that means there's probably 50 or 60 that <laughs> represent who you are, but get it down to your eight to 10 core one. These are hell or high water. This is who you are. This is how you're going to live your life. The second thing to, to do is write a mission for yourself. My mission in life is to nurture and inspire the human spirit every day, beginning with myself first and then for others. I live every day of my life doing that in some way or another. So then, and then the third thing, find a, write a paragraph or whatever or two about how you want to live your life. You know, I use my six P's as that. And then, and then create a plan for your life. It's not just about your business life. You and your, if you're married, go away with your wife for a couple of days, get a really great bottles of wine, some really nice Rydell glasses, and spend a couple of days planning out your life together. There are all these pieces of our lives. There's spirituality, there's material, there's economic growth, economic well-being, there's health and wellness, there's uh, personal growth. There's uh, career or life's work. There's uh, your children. Your, if you have grandchildren, your grandchildren. Have goals on each of those. That, and one that would define as marriage. 
What do you want your marriage to be like? Have goals, three to five goals are in each of those. And those should drive your life. Now, and then, and, and then you're going to take that work. So you got your career and your economic well-being. You're going to transfer that now to your business plan, to your strategic plan for your business. That starts with the organization's values and its mission, right? What you're passionate about. And you do exactly the same thing as you do for yourself and your business and for your people. So everybody gets on board with the, going the same direction. And when you do that, then you'll know where you need to make corrections along the way. And, and your people will be united. And this thing doesn't cost you a dime. So no excuses. No excuses. Perfect. There you go, listeners. So I, I, the week between Christmas and New Year's is the time that my wife and I set aside to do exactly that. We have our, we have our goals laid out. I did a podcast on, on goal setting, but we kind of have our plans laid out. Um, and we agree on them. And, and then we have our non-negotiables. Like these are the things yeah. that no matter what we will, we will do. And you, yeah. ha- you know, you, you ha- can't just write it down and do nothing with it to get the exercise complete. You got to write it down and you got to do something with it. You got to look at it. Right. You don't have to look at it every day. Right. You know, it's amazing how member <laughs> affirmations, if you start thinking about it, it starts to take over. Manifest. It starts to be you. And all of a sudden that goal that I had, 40 years ago or whatever, 50 years ago to oh, more than 50 years to make my age by the time I was 30, 30,000 was a lot of money in those days. Right. And I went screaming past it, but I didn't think about it every day, you know, and, and, you know, well, visual cues certainly are helpful for me. Like I have them around, you know, my office so I can see them and things like that for me, but you can do what works for you, you know? Um, so I want to just say, Quickly before I close, um, thank you. I appreciate you you being willing to come on here, not having known me at all, and being so willing to jump on and help me, which in turn helps our, our listeners with your skill set and the things that you've learned and, and kind of sharing your heart with us. So thank you, Howard. You're very welcome. We're not done yet. So here, I want everybody to have my cell phone number and my email address. Oh, boy. So my cell phone number is HB at Howard B. Har- oh, excuse me. Email. My e- Address is hb at howardbhar.com. And my cell phone number is 206 972 7776. I'll get back to anybody. It may take me a little while. I'm a little slow in the uptake now that I'm retired, but but I, I promise you I'll get back to you. So and if you just want to send a note or whatever, this is I'm not in the consulting business, so this is not a pitch for anything. <laughs> this is just, you know, if anybody has a question that they want to ask, I'm here. Man, that is so gracious of you. Thank you. Listen, that's how I was able to contact you. Yeah. And you know what? But what it takes is those people who are persistent, you know, to follow up. Thankfully, there was no chasing down. Like you responded to me fairly quick. And I was, yeah. you know, which I was like kind of surprised by, but thankful. So appreciate you sharing that. Listen, <clears throat> we're talking a wealth of knowledge and experience and um and with with really good intent. Um and he just shared his email and, and cell phone number with you. And so use the tools. Don't be afraid. The whole reason I put on this particular event, Howard, I was just telling you about Rhino X, the X stands for experience. It's to bring those who might be intimidated to talk to some of the big players in the industry. And I put them together so they're not, and they can learn and they can be vulnerable and it'd be okay. Yeah. Ask questions. 
So thank you again for sharing that. Didn't expect you to do that. Certainly wasn't going to say it, but I appreciate you rolling out there to our listeners. I bet you're going to get some, uh, some calls and some emails and I know you'll welcome that. Absolutely. So I'm going to finish with this. What's next for you? Is this kind of like you're living the retired life? You know, you got the dog, you got the, <laughs> you, are you, in, like, are you in Palm like, Springs right now? Okay. Am I, you know, when, when the, when the judgment day comes, I'm sitting in my rocking chair, you know, I want somebody to say, Hey, Howard, you said that to nurture and inspire the human spirit. And you did it. That's my payoff, you know, and sometimes people won't say it and you got to, you got to know that you got to evaluate yourself. You got to measure your own performance, but that's how I want to be judged. Well, you've inspired me and I'm certain that you've inspired a lot of the listeners on here as well. So thank you for that. Um, I'm grateful for you, man. I, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you, your time on here and, and, uh, and I would like to finish with this. You know, I think gratitude is extremely important. Um, and, and, and when somebody leaves a review, you know, for, for, whether it be my company Rhino or the podcast to the point, it's like the most, it's really what I get out of it. That's the most fulfilling part for me. In addition to all the content and the things I've learned from our guests, yeah. it's the end result of all those things of some, how it impacted somebody in their business. And that's what it's that to me, that's what I'm trying to do is solve, trying to help solve problems best I can by bringing on guests yeah. and sharing those things. So I would like to end this um, with reading a review that someone had left us on the podcast and then I'll close. So are you good with that, Howard? Absolutely. So we got a, 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 a five-star review from Matthew uh, Wayand, um, and it says, thanks for, <clears throat> excuse me, thanks for doing what you do. Awesome podcast. I've been searching for a podcast that provides exactly what you do for the trades. We have a small home renovations business, and it's been difficult to find a local mentor. I'm gratefully, well, you've got Howard's number now, so who, if you're listening to this, now you got Howard's <laughs> number or email. Now, I'm grateful I stumbled across your podcast that aligns with information from the E-Myth, from Traction, et cetera. Uh, if there's ever anything you need help with in North Central region of Indiana, let us know. Thanks. Hey, it's a fellow Hoosier. So Matthew, appreciate the, I appreciate the uh, the review and I, and I really would love to uh, hear from you. Um, if you've implemented something from the podcast that's helped move the business forward, feel free to reach out to me directly and, uh, and let me know. So Howard, again, I'm going to close by saying, I appreciate you. Keep on sharing the love and keep on uh, sharing your servant leadership. And uh, I mean, I'll be excited to hear from some of our listeners that reach out to you that tell me about the experience. All right, Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you likewise. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, you have a good rest of the day. And listeners, keep tuning in. We have a lot more great guests coming on over the next few weeks. Um, you know, Howard being uh, a, one I've been looking forward to for a long time. Now you see why. But keep listening. Please, please again, go ahead and share with your peers and other businesses in hopes that it helps them do the same but don't forget, no zero days. We'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.